You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver media podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Good morning and hello, kids. Welcome to episode number 28 of Just a Nibble, the not-quite-daily beaver, earlier-than-normal edition. (laughs) For those moments when you still want your beaver grizzly goodness, but just don't have time for a whole bite. Today, recording day, is Wednesday, December 14th, 2022, and it looks like it will be a sunny, wintry wonderland day here at the Beaver Lodge. Uh, I'm your host, the Eager Beaver, pronounce he, him, hey, Mr. Beaver, eh? and I am happy as can be that you kids have joined us this morning for our show. Of course, a big thank you goes to our podcast's founding sponsors, The Pepper Master, The Miss Fee Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. In the headlines today, we have some by-election news for you, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about health. Um, And if we have time for other things, we will. Uh, But we had to start earlier this morning because Mr. Grizzly needs to get into the office early this morning, too. So while we're here, let's say hello to him. Good morning, Mr. Grizzly, and good morning, Kit Hugh. Nice to see you. Good morning, Mr. Beaver. How are you doing this morning? Oh, part of me feels like it's just a little too early, but uh, I am in amazingly good spirits, I must say. I had a very productive last few days. How are you? Um, I'm um, weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but how are you? What weirder than normal um just i don't know yesterday was a strange day at work um just i had stress over a few projects that i'm trying to wrap up towards the end of the year and um no stress from my employer or anything like that just uh, stress i placed upon myself and and uh, created some headaches software wasn't working well and you know i was up last night i had personal things to tend to and and uh anxiety was peaking so i eventually found some time to uh, meditate for a little bit and uh, get the head straightened out and and i'm feeling um, much better this morning i've been up since four i started like literally the alarm went off i crawled out of bed and started working right away on um, a year-end project i need to finish up uh, by friday and my time is tight and limited and you know it's christmas time we're busy as it can be so right right that's how it rolls wow yeah, no, uh, a bit of a short night for me uh, because I was working on an article. Um, 
as I've uh, started writing for the network again, because we got the gremlins out of my, uh, my password System, yeah. code that was working. And uh, I had tried to see if I could like produce an article every day because, um, you know, when I write for the blog, when I have lots of time, well, when I have time, lots of time, when I have time, I'm getting for the Twitter site, you know, I can usually produce, you know, a certain number of tweets, a certain mm-hmm. number of posts per day. Um, but I'm realizing that these are like a paragraph, a paragraph and a half, sometimes one line. Sometimes when I just retweet, I just retweet something and don't add anything because there's nothing more I can add. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but these are actually full texts. And, uh, you know, I, yesterday I started writing one and I thought, okay, well, you know, like I've taken notes all throughout the week. I've put them together. I actually have some paragraphs written. So this should go pretty fast. It'd take me about like two, three hours most. Right. <laughs> like six or seven total. <laughs> you know, going back, rereading, composing, making sure everything's okay. And I thought, wow, um, I thought I wrote faster than that. <laughs> Apparently not. The <laughs> things we learn. Uh, oh, well. Um, okay. Uh, in uh, the news, we've had two by-elections uh, lately. Yes. Uh, over the past few days, we've had a federal one in uh, the writing. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That's Theo's, uh, Theo's from, um, I guess it's for today, I, I would assume. Uh, I would assume, yes. It is a... Um, uh, and a cartoon of uh, Peter uh... Pierre Pierre <laughs> Poliver, very upset at the fact that he has a, a stocking full of coal. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a blue stocking by hung by the mantle at uh, the fireplace with by election written on it, and it's uh, full of coal. Matter of fact, it's overflowing with coal, and Skippy's so much so not that happy. it's filling the fireplace. Yes, Skippy does not look happy about it. <laughs> and he's wearing a blue shirt and the walls are blue and most of the, the bulbs and lights in the Christmas tree are blue. And it seems that PDP stains is a little blue. It happens. It happens. And broken. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything's broken. Everything's broken. But not here, broken. kids. Not here. <laughs> We're good. Um, so, yes, uh, we've had two by-elections in the past few days. And uh, in... Um, Markham, I keep on wanting to say Stouffville, but I hope that's right. <laughs> no, Mississauga Lakeshore. Why am I? Why do I have Markham Stouffville in my my mind? No idea. Uh, yes, yeah, yesterday federal. So the federal by election Mississauga Lakeshore uh, was won uh, by the Liberal candidate Charles Souza, who used to be in the provincial government. Uh, was pretty uh, convincing win. Yeah, it's a fifty-one point two percent. Yeah, yeah, um, but in a you know, by election that once again had extremely low turnout, uh, 26.48%. The conservative candidate finished with 37.3, the NDP candidate uh, with 4.9, and the green candidate with 3.2. So it really was just a two-party race here. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, And... Maybe the fact that the margin is so wide explains why uh, Skippy the Wonder Pigeon has nowhere in that writing to be seen at any time at all Mm. during the by-election to help his candidate. Sort of a a little Trumpy? A little bit. A little bit. Figured he's going to lose, so he'll just bail. Yeah. Just nowhere to be seen, no images of them together. I don't even think 
his name ever crossed his lips. Oh, no, goodness, no. You got to understand, he just wants to, um, he's always winning for himself. Yeah, but who else is like, who else is winning? Oh, yeah, it's Trumpy. You're going to be winning so much, you're going to get tired of winning. He won't, he won't, uh, he won't support a candidate that doesn't have a chance of winning, so he will just bail right out on them. Now, is that who you want as prime minister, kids? I mean, really, the, f- the first sign of trouble, and he's out of there. Remember, he's the guy who said, we don't support these big government spending programs. We're conservatives. So how many businesses would have shuttered forever during the pandemic because of his sheer wanton desire to screw over the poor and working class by not giving us CERB or SUS or any of the other uh, government programs that were set up that, by the way, the, the Conservative Party of Canada used some of that taxpayer dollars to pay their employees. Did you, did you notice that? <laughs> they took SUS, as did Stephen Harper, CEWS, Canadian Employment Wage Subsidy. Yes. Wow, wow. And Socialism and, uh, for the wealthy, rugged individualism for the poor and working class, right? Oh, yes, 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 absolutely. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, be an innovator and you know, all that kind of stuff while the rest of us just uh, put our hands behind our heads and our feet up on the desk and... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And pat ourselves and, you know, pull a muscle in our shoulder from patting ourselves on the back so hard for being so brilliant. And, you know, (sighs) where do I begin? And in the the province of Manitoba, there was a by-election in uh, the electoral district of Kirkfield Park. Um, And that was a pretty uh, close race, actually. Um, I mean, look, look at those numbers. 2356 for Klein. Yep. Yep. So Kevin Klein of the PC party did win that race. It was a cl- very close race, uh, less than a 200 uh, plurality over the NDP candidate Logan Oxenham. Even the liberal candidate predicted fairly well. It did really well, yeah. Uh, yes, but it's uh, another uh, better turnout there, only 36.48%. Uh, and this with uh, all 48 uh, voting areas reporting, uh, Elections Manitoba says that the official results will be announced on December 16th. Um, but with 44 of 48 reporting, the NDP candidate was actually leading with fit by 50 votes. So I was really, really hoping because that government's a disaster. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah so, you know, I mean, it would have been nice to have, um, to see, uh, Heather Stephenson, uh, compete, uh, we'll have to contend with some journalists asking her what happened because there have been three by-elections, um, since uh, Brian Pallister left, and now two of them have gone the conservatives' way and one didn't. In makes one problems. wonder, eh? Yeah, it makes one wonder. It's like, I mean, her her personal approval, according to Angus Reid, is at 27%. It's like, how the heck do you still win a by-election? How is it even that high? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, I mean really. She, she's so bad. She's so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh well, you know it's only until May, I guess. Uh, well, October. Can, no, they're October. Can I? Can I add? I, I'm going to editorialize here for just a, a split second. This Please, is. I'm, I'm going to go to. I'm going to confer or refer to our, our good friend Lachlan Cross from um, the Dean Blundell Show and the, the Locker Room and uh, 97.5 Cruise FM in Edmonton. 
How Locke is always saying the same thing. He says, I'm worried about the current political climate in Canada due to the fact that it is so vicious, it is so uh, backstabbing, it is so mud-raking and mudslinging, much like the American uh, system, because if you ever watch a, a U.S. election ad campaign, it's just disturbing. <sighs> Um, and, and he says, I'm worried, this is something Locke constantly says, he says, I am worried that we're not going to attract good people into politics because of what's what the current state is. And he says, and, and look at our current candidates. And he's right. People mm-hmm. don't want to go into politics because they're going to eviscerate you for all the little things that you do wrong. And justifiably so, but my goodness gracious, like you do something right and it's completely ignored. And yeah. it really, it's really troublesome. Well, I mean, the, and, and the evisceration for doing something wrong is, it's getting to the point of the silliness. Oh, you know, agreed. Agreed. I mean, you know, politics is, I understand that people like to cheer for their team, but politics are not sports, right? It's no. real life. And like, for example, um, on this piece that I was writing, which was about Bill C-21, uh, the gun legislation bill, uh, you have the conservatives, right, which, of course, are always against it, right? Anything of that kind, because, you know, they're trying to pretend like we have a Second Amendment here, which we don't. And we the don't. Supreme Court has actually ruled officially, right, that gun rights, quote-unquote, are actually not rights. They are privileges, unlike privileges. the United States. Um, like a driver's license. It's also a privilege. Yeah. A driver's license, yeah. you know. Yeah. So uh, pointing to the, you know, what the government is doing on the bill, uh, the conservative line is basically, you know, they're doing these types of things to hide, uh, you know, their awful results on crime and why you have skippy on a beach in british columbia suggesting that the reason why there is so much addiction is because quote-unquote safe supply is the government actually flooding the streets with fentanyl laced drugs or benzo laced drugs that would kill people Uh, i mean if you're listening to his little clip that's basically what he's saying Mm -hmm. you know and uh him and heather stephenson you know basically inventing the fact that uh safe consumption sites uh actually lead to more crime and no so you have like these types of things right so and, and that the liberals are doing this on purpose to infest the cities with crime uh on c21 um you know you have uh, rachel Danshow, who is the the public safety critic saying that the liberals are doing this to hide away from their terrible legacy on crime and then she points to uh the bail reform bill and says that this has created a situation of revolving doors for criminals which is not true and then she talks about the repeal of harper's uh, mandatory minimums for mm-hmm. uh, using a gun to hurt someone uh which was an effort to restore discretion to the judges who actually judged the case yeah i know <laughs> not the politician in Ottawa who's saying, okay, this should be your mandatory minimum sentence for this um, before a case even happens. Uh, so pointing to like just throwing every other law into the kitchen sink and basically saying that, you know, that again, his decisions and his policy decisions are creating this lawlessness. And we know that not to be true. I know, but 
when you're at the point where you're talking about your opposition saying that they are literally trying to flood the streets with drugs that kill people that they are you know passing bills that let criminals come in and out like a revolving door i mean the constant demonization right well, there, are plentiless, you, there are plenty of reasons not to like the prime minister Oh yeah, if sure. You don't like them. There yeah. are many reasons, legitimate, not to like the liberals. If you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to go so far saying that they are literally trying to flood the streets. Well, it's a it's a bald faced lie, which is easily disproven. So it's like, why why do that? Well, he gets his sound bite. Number one and number two, he will foment the anger for the people who will hate Trudeau, no matter what he does. They're, mm-hmm. ju- they're just going to hate him because his name is Trudeau and uh, he's charming and, and good-looking and charismatic, so they hate him automatically. And he's yep. not saying, I'm going to put more money in your pocket and cut taxes and give you freedom. He's not, he's not using the key words that they want to hear. But it doesn't matter even if Trudeau did. It's completely irrelevant because they hate Trudeau because he's Trudeau. Mm-hmm. But he has, you know, as Kit Hughes says, using people in crisis the way that you use toilet paper. And yep. that's literally what they're doing. And they're kind of right in the spirit of accuse others of that which it is you're doing oh, on, yeah. on C21. She basically said that the prime minister was exploiting the death of those 14 people in order to, you know, do crass politics on guns. It's like, no, no, we're, they're we're, going we're trying to, to save lives. lives. But the survivors, like, Two of the survivors that were in that room, mm-hmm. right, are going to him and are talking to him about right. trying to create these laws. So how is he exploiting them if he's working with them and this is what they're asking for and he's trying to give it to them? You're the one who's exploiting their deaths. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's the conservative who's saying that. Who's it? Uh, it's... But it's, it's just laid on so thick, right? We make this comment often. We used to make this comment about the NDP, which seems to have toned it down a little bit. But it was always that they had a point, and then they would overreach, overplay it, go over dramatic, over, and then they just lose the thread, and or lose the plot. And anyway, that's the thing that I notice. Anyway, uh, I just don't understand. I mean, I understand. The goal is to keep the money rolling in no matter what. Of the, course. The conservatives fundraise like crazy off this type of stuff. But it doesn't contribute anything, anything at all no, to I society think, that's of value. But don't you get it? They don't care. They just, they just want don't. your money. They don't give a yeah. shit about people. They care about corporations, wealthy donors, and power. That's it. That is all it's ever been. That's it. And they will rob you of your freedoms in the process. Don't kid yourselves. If you, if you think they're doing anything for you, you're living Mm -hmm. in a dream world. Yep. Yep. Ah, good morning to you, Kit Bruce. Nice to see you. Oh, from Mindanao in the Philippines on vacation. Well, thank you so much for tuning in while you're on vacation. Wow, we appreciate that. We're Very extra early this cool. morning too because I have to. Uh, I have a board meeting. I have to attend. I'm not on the board. <laughs> I just I'm tech support, right? So I have to be there at seven a.m. So we got a real early start today. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, in other news, just uh, because I kept on saying I wanted to mention it, but now it's the data is about a week old. Uh, but um, 
health-wise, um, about a week ago, the province of British Columbia reported that uh, six children in the province have died of the flu. Uh, I believe in New Brunswick, it's uh, at least four. Uh, the Children's Hospital, as we mentioned, has uh, two teams from the Red Cross coming in, uh, teams of nine people coming to provide some uh, support, doing the things that uh, doctors and nurses uh, shouldn't be doing in order to free time for the doctors and nurses to do what they should be doing <laughs> yeah. because people are absent. Uh, and uh, things... I don't know, man. Like we said before in a previous show, when the situation didn't get anywhere near this bad in adult hospitals, we, you know, shut things down mm -hmm. and we sheltered at home. But because it's kids, it seems that we're not doing it whatsoever. Um, BC Coroner Service confirmed that five children, children or teens died of influenza in the month of November, which is the highest in seven years. Um, there's usually not more than three deaths in that age group during any flu season since 2015. Right. So that's rather died telling. In one month. Yeah, that's telling. Yeah. Uh, Cross-country surveillance from a network of children's hospitals shows that the average flu number of flu deaths among Canadian children hospitalized each year, each year is usually under six. That's for the entire country. In the UK, there's a spike of scarlet fever and the bacteria strep A. Uh, scarlet fever? Yes. What is this, 1835? I know. They had more than 850 cases reported in one week in November, compared to an average of less than 200 cases during the same period in years previous. Um, uh, there was a code orange. That's why I had Markham Stovall in my head. There was a code orange declared at a BC Children's Hospital. Uh, Markham Stovall Hospital is regulatory... Uh, sorry. Uh, Markham Stouffville Hospital uh, is regularly operating above 100% capacity. The CEO, Joanne Marr, said uh, at the time I noted this last week, today I think we're at about 220 and we've had days where we've been as high as 300% capacity. That's scary. Um, doctors are warning uh, that uh, adult cases of the flu usually start to rise about three weeks following an influenza peak among children annually so uh they're expecting an at least 20 percent above normal admission rate in the hospitals about uh two weeks from now i'd say mm. uh there are four er deaths that are under investigation in new brunswick hospitals uh the influenza at the moment is basically considered to be an epidemic it's now in its sixth or seventh week um it's just good news all around this morning, isn't it? It's, you know, and, and it's not only there, but in the United States. Uh, remember when we were having the Tylenol shortage and they were mm -hmm. saying children's Tylenol shortage and they were saying just go to the United States. Well, now in the United States, they're having shortages. Uh, 20,000 Americans admitted to the hospital with the flu during the last week of November, double the previous week's total. There have been 78,000 hospitalizations so far as of about a week ago. Um the American Hospital Association says that U.S. hospitals are the fullest they've been since 2020 when they started tracking capacity. Over 80% of the beds are used nationwide and only 6% are taken up by patients, to, by hospital patients. So everything else is flu and influenza and RSV. And, you know, uh, there are 44 states that are reporting very high flu activity. Um, 
China is about to go through some things pretty bad because they've lifted the regulations very, very quickly. And you know how for us it took about somewhere later on into the few waves before the government stopped reporting on mm-hmm. certain types of COVID cases when they started to make the distinction of like, you know, in the hospital with COVID and in the hospital for COVID. Right. China's like already doing that. <laughs> They're only reporting symptomatic cases already, like about one week after starting to lift some regulations. They're trying to make it not look so bad. Um, That's disturbing, isn't know. it? That's just, it it's is just very very, very, very disturbing. And uh, in the numbers, uh, when I wanted to mention it last week, I believe that there was a, something like a 62% increase week over week in COVID deaths. Now, it, it's balloon, it's bumping up and down, right? It went up a bit and then down a bit and up a bit. But in one week, mm-hmm. yikes. Oh, that is lovely. <laughs> I was looking for a Christmassy um, one, but I don't see it. They're just flowers. I was looking for something Christmassy. They don't have anything. <laughs> so, um, and this is as the uh, first ministers are once again pressuring the government to give them lots of money uh, for health without wanting to promise uh, to actually spend it on health, without wanting to show us how they've spent the money they've gotten already. And then what uh, did Jugmeet do? Insists that he's going to end the uh, the agreement if he doesn't give the provinces more money. Well, not precisely. I know, but... more, But yes, but n- not precisely. More sort of like you saying that there are problems with the provincial system that only the federal government can solve. The thing is that the federal government is trying to solve this by mm-hmm. asking them for, you know, the premiers to come together on a human resource staffing plan, for example, and on a way to account, but they won't do it. They want the government to give the money first and no then strings attached. Of doing something. Yes. No strings attached. Um, and yeah, I mean, premier Doug Ford, was it, the, I think the, the auditor general or was it the accountability office said that there was about like $859 million that he had for health that he didn't, didn't spend. spend. Yeah. Yeah. But he's asking for more money. Now, now handing handing money to, to 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 conservative premiers for health care with no strings attached is like is like giving me money on a Friday night saying you have an unlimited budget, all the beer in the pub, all the food you can eat, have fun. Oh, by the way, we don't need any receipts or any accountability for it. Just enjoy yourself. Rounds for everybody, my friends. All my friends get all the food and drink tonight because that's all Dougie's right? going to do. Right. That's all he's going to do. So, so you know, uh, I don't think anybody has any illusions if they've been listening to the show. I'm definitely on the side of the federal government on this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're catching on as Canadians. We want receipts. It's our money. We're entitled to this. You're damn right we are. What are you doing on our time with our dime? Well, we want to know. Look, Doug needs to remember he's our employee and he is a bad employee, but he has a four year contract. So we can't just fire him. So we need to make sure he understands how pissed off we are. 
Okay, I got to go to the Philippines. Beer's only two fifty. Is that a case or a, or a bottle in a pub or what's the deal with that? <laughs> <laughs> um, in one liter news, bottles. Sorry, there we go. Ooh, okay, hello. Uh, in a little bit of news, you can use uh, if you are someone uh, who's having a little trouble with rent and. Uh, might qualify for the one-time top-up uh, applications uh, for it. It's five hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, are you, now open. What is the income you need to earn? Twenty thousand or less, I believe, is what the cutoff is. I think um, it's twenty thousand. What it is? Uh, let's see, this comes among amid ongoing increase in renting costs, according to Rentals.ca. November twenty-two rent report says that the average October rent price across the country was $1,976 per month, which was an annual increase of 11.8%. Uh, the benefit will be available for renting families with an income of less than $35,000 a year or renting individuals making less than $20,000. Mm. Yes. So, uh, but apparently uh, that's 1.8 million Canadian renters. I was going to say that that helps a lot of um, very low income people. Yeah, and students in particular as well. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, only a one-time top up though. I'm, I'm wondering if we can work it into a UBI, right? We definitely need one of those. Like you can get your GIS. So, you know, once I'm put out to pasture and I can't work anymore, I'll have uh, OAS, CPP, and GIS. So OAS is old age security, CPP is Canada Pension Plan, and GIS is, is guaranteed uh, income supplement. I'll need all three because I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> I'm, other than that, I'll be eating craft dinner and cat food until I die. So, you know. I'm trying to make you famous, sir. I'm trying to make you famous. <laughs> I don't need to be famous. I just need to be able to earn enough. a living. That's all. Hey, look, I'm already famous, but that doesn't pay. <laughs> Millions know who I am, but that doesn't pay. Okay. I got, I got, to, I got to give you two quick ones here. Um, First off, uh, because you're the hot chocolate fan, let's just, you know, the snowman, you just had to have a hot chocolate, has melted in the snow. And for Bill C21, I have a video I tried to play before, and I wasn't able to, but this time, I've got it. So, I'm going to I'm gonna throw this up real quick. It's, oh, about, it's about a minute and three seconds, and it's um, a thing of glory. Oh, I got to hit play. It helps if I hit play. I got a message for all you liberals out there. You want my gun, my firearm? Come take it from me. Just walk through my door, come into my home, and take it from me. With your weak, soft, liberal, girlish hands. Just try to put those hands on me. Those soft, liberal hands. Put them on me, on my body. Just slowly, gently dragging your fingers up and down my arm, giving me goosebumps. You want my gun? Come kiss me for it. But not like right away. Don't be too obvious with it. Let's do that thing where we our faces get close to each other. And you know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. You just stare at each other's lips. But you're waiting for the right signal to give yourself over to them completely. <laughs> like in a walk to remember. Come do that for my gun. Bite my lip and play with my hair for my firearm. If you want my gun, come spank me for it. Not like, not, not like too hard, but like, like still hard, you know. <laughs> like, like, like hurt me, but make me feel safe at the same time. You pussy liberals. 
<laughs> we tried to play that some time ago and it wouldn't work. We got it to work, so I had to play it because I love it so much. It's one of the funniest things I've seen on TikTok, I think, this year. And it's it's just a thing of brilliance because it, it, it kind of sums it up, right? What people need to remember is if you are a firearms, a registered firearms owner in this country, nobody's taking your gun from you. There's new guns that'll be restricted, new guns that will stop being available, but nobody is taking your gun from you. Mm-hmm. And most people that are already own guns were going to be uh, grandfathered. And for the guns that become prohibited, there is going to be a buyback pro- program. That's now, right. the thing is, and one of the seems like a legitimate uh, gripe uh, that people have is that the buyback provisions are not explicitly spelled out. So people that own uh, certain firearms, particularly big game firearms, which I've just learned could cost people up to Mm -hmm. $50,000 and people who sell guns, uh, the inventory that they won't be able to sell anymore. uh, They don't know how much it is or how much of their investment quote-unquote or how much of the value of the property they are going to get back uh so you know it's kind of hard (laughs) we'll take care of that trust us only go so far Mm -hmm. (laughs) and when it's a demographic that's not pre-inclined to trust you uh, you kind of spell those things out and as kit hugh says if they want compliance the buyback must be market value plus and i exactly pay the market value like this and then you have to give an incentive that's right. right That's only, right. that's the only, it's the only right way to do it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's property. Mm-hmm. People, you know, assume, bought that, assuming that they would be able to use it for the rest of their lives or so long as it worked. And, you know, if you're saying now you can't have that anymore and you have to sell it to us, you only have one seller, one, one buyer to one buyer. sell it. You, you've got to give them. You can't just say you have to sell it to us and then not give them market mm-hmm. plus a little bit. Right. Um, before we go, because I know we have to go, uh, a little bit of sad news. Uh, Mr. Grizzly, if you would put it up, uh, liberal MP and former cabinet minister, Jim Carr has passed away. Uh, and, um, you may, maybe, well, if you're in the Winnipeg area, if you're in the Manitoba area, you definitely know him because he was an MP from there. Um, in Canada, maybe you haven't heard of him so much, but when the Trudeau government first uh, came to power in 2015 and didn't elect any, uh, didn't elect many people from out west. Uh, you know, Jim Carr was basically their point person mm-hmm. from the west. Um, when people say that politicians are all the same, this man was proof that they're not. They're just not. He was universally respected. He mm-hmm. was incredibly talented. He was whip smart. Uh, he was not your typical politician. He was an oboist in a symphony. So an artist at the same time. So there's a, yeah. a level of EQ and IQ there that not many people possess. Uh, yeah. Did you notice that Nazi Caillou, immediately after Jim Carr's passing, tweeted out that Jim Carr died suddenly? He was trying to blame it oh. on the COVID vaccine. Oh. Oh. Uh, the man was fighting cancer for the last three years. So, hey, Kian Bext, Nazi Caillou, go fuck yourself, you piece of fucking human garbage. No, see, when we talk about exploiting the deaths of others? Exactly. Exactly. There it is. That's a perfect example. And sorry um, for dropping F-bombs, but come on, man. Yeah. Just a gentleman through and through and through. This is a big loss for the country. Canada is Massive. a poor country. Yes. Poor country as a result of this one individual's passing. Well, he, he was um, much like my former M- MP, uh, um, 
Oh my goodness, I see his face. I'm just blanking out on his name right now. Uh, he died of the same brain cancer as, as Gord Downey. Um, a universally loved and respected member of parliament. Nobody had a bad thing to say about the man from any party on the Hill. Uh, uh, Paul Dewar. Yes. Yes. There you was, know, yes. Another very, very quality person. Those gentlemen don't come along every day in politics and work hard for you. And they were both two hardworking members of parliament who, uh, it's a huge loss to the country. It really is. Mm-hmm. And one final thing before we go, because the show has been a little heavy. Um, this is something that I saw in the news that made me smile. Uh, there is, if you will put up uh, the visual, Mr. Grizzly. Sure thing, There was sir. a little girl in uh, Los Angeles who wrote to the authorities to ask if I did see that. she could keep a unicorn in her backyard if ever she found one. And uh, they actually agreed. They sent her a permanent unicorn license. Uh, so this girl is named Madeline or Madeline. I'm not sure which one of it is. And uh, Madeline, she said, LA County, I would like your approval if I can have a unicorn in my backyard, if I can find one. And, uh, you know, they said, oh, well, you know, they commended her for her sense of responsibility because, you know, she was wanted to apply for a license before she ever found one. And uh, and then they said that, you know, that, well, there are some conditions also. Right. Uh, so any sparkles or glitter sprinkled on the animal must be non-toxic and biodegradable. It must <laughs> Fed watermelon at least once a week. Uh, its uh, horn must be polished with a soft cloth at least once a month. It must be provided with ample exposure to sunlight, moonbeams, and rainbows. <laughs> I thought that was uh, incredibly uh, adorable. Um, I mean, no word of a lie. That is that is a nice way to end it off. And I'll just put up this photo to remind everybody that um, friendship costs you nothing. Yeah. That's my Grizzly Adams coat, according to uh, uh, Dean. Yeah. It's like a little like modern miracle on 34th Street, you know, when all the everybody decides to play along and decide, you know, that the letters to Santa means that Santa is real. So well, like, you, you know. If you can find it, it costs nothing to be kind to a child. Nothing. Nothing, and it, it rewards you tenfold. No. Oh. I love that. So yeah, I'm a big old softy, kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a big old softy. That one made my heart melt. Uh, well, it's time to wrap up the show, Mr. Grizzly, because I believe we have one. We do. That's the end of this episode of Just a Nibble, the Not Quite Daily Beaver podcast, very early morning edition. We hope you loved listening to us because we love making this for you. Because democracy is something you do, please donate to Cornerstone Housing for Women. It's the holiday season and uh, they provide so many very important services to at least 230 women a day, a lot of them uh, trying to emerge from situations of domestic violence. So if you can do something to help, we would really appreciate it. If you really liked this podcast, you can find us on the Dean Blundell Network, as well as anywhere you get all your podcasts featuring a grizzly bear and a beaver. Please share the podcast with your friends, with people you think might enjoy it. And we love your feedback, so please tell us what you think. We're on Facebook and Twitter, and our email is truenorthagerbeaver at gmail.com. And if you would like uh, to chat with us on our podcast this Saturday, please send us a message there and... Uh, We'll try to find some time to get you on the show. Yeah, you, you can you appear on camera come. or just in audio, whichever you choose. 
Yes, yes. Uh, whichever, uh, if you want us to come straight to you, you can subscribe to us via our pod page, podpage.com slash the true north e beaver. And if you really like this podcast and wish to encourage us to do more, um, you can buy me another cup of hot chocolate because I have one right here, as you can see, or Mr. Grizzly. Um, Let's get him an early painted Guinness, given that he's going to be working hard today at ko-fi.com slash eagerbeaver. That's ko-fi.com slash eagerbeaver. And if you'd rather get something for your money because you're a savvy, savvy shopper, or, you know, if you want to make a nice Christmas present to someone, well, we have Eager Beaver Teas. Seasonal Christmas teas and Mr. Grizzly Civic Teas improve your holiday spirit by 19.7%. We have six designs to choose from in all sizes, from small to 3XL, something literally for everybody. Ah, good morning, Kit Saucy Sea Witch. So get yours today at deanblundell.square.site slash s slash shop and get yourself some fabulous today. And uh, Kit Elaine, you're probably not watching us live, but uh, if you look behind me, there's a little message for you once you watch this later on. Uh, from the Beaver Lodge, this is your eager beaver saying, until next time, dear kids, it can be a tough world out there, so please be kind to and gentle with yourself. Mr. Grizzly, words of wisdom? Um, bundle up out there. It's going to be a chilly day. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed it is. Uh, stay warm, kitties. Mr. Grizzly, please roll the credits. The True North Eager Beaver podcast is an eager beaver Mr. Grizzly collaboration. Research, story, and guest curation, and copy written by The Eager Beaver. Recording, production, editing, and additional research by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. Once again, thank you to our founding sponsors, The Peppermaster, The Miss Fee Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing and CanadianTarot.com, and thank you to Pete Jarvis for our artwork. We love it. Kits, we'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Take care. Gotta go. Bye, Kit Red Leaves. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver media podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>